you're listening to Chaos on the Set, a chaotic TV and film review podcast, and we are back today to dive back into the island from Lost. Uh, We are reassembling to discuss Lost from season one, uh, sorry, season two, episode one to season two, episode 15, Maternity Leave. Mike and Priya are both here, both who have only seen up to season two, episode 15. Later in the podcast, James will be joining us to get a little bit spoilerly, but for the time being, we're only talking Lost and how Mike and Priya have been enjoying the first 15 episodes of season two to get really fully into theories and fun. And I just want to throw it over to you. How has it been so far? I love yeah, season I love two. It. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's honestly like a totally different show, it feels mm-hmm. like, from what we were watching in season one. And I wasn't sure if I was going to like that because, like I said last time, my favorite part about season one was the characters and how they related to each other. But the kind of bonkers mysteries that have come up in the first 15 episodes of this season have been really fun. makes you want to keep watching. There's a lot of details you can sort of get as invested as you want. And I love it. Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, Definitely enjoying it even more than I enjoyed season one, which was still a fair bit. Um, And, you know, I think the biggest reason behind that is because we've thrown out really the their survival aspect i think isn't as prominent as it is in season one as it is in season two or did i say that backwards but you know season one they just landed on the island they're still trying to figure out how to survive and now it's like forget surviving the elements now you got to survive the enemy uh and they are coming and um and they're gonna steal your children in the middle of the night but no, it's it's a lot more fun, I think, to uncover the whole mystery behind the island and the others and what the Dharma initiative is. Um, and also, uh, I think a key difference between season one and season two is season one is extremely flashback heavy. Um, season two, we get the odd flashback, but we're much more in the present now. And I do like with the flashbacks that we have seen that they really are uncovering little pieces of things we've already known and we've already seen um particularly kate's uh you know murdering her stepfather yeah you found out what kate did. and you know what were you disappointed oh i wasn't disappointed but i just saw it and i was like you know what? i've i've ceased caring about it like it it because at that stage we're like you know what it doesn't really matter anymore what kate did yeah i sort of agree it, well, it was so long ago that we had any sort of mention or allusion to her being arrested, being like an enemy of the state. And I think, and maybe this is a product of the show being older, but a lot of these things just sort of feel like kind of um, like gentle, kind of just not as intense as shows would be these days. And so like even what Kate did is sort of like very understandable, lighting a fire to get your abusive stepdad dead makes sense <laughs> yeah um no it's funny when i asked y'all in season one a series of questions including what do you think kate did both of your responses were i don't really care oh great <laughs> yeah. okay so at least we're consistent yeah yeah well, let me check in with you on up a couple other things y'all talked about in season one. One thing was that you didn't really like Rousseau. You felt like she was an ancillary character and you wanted to stay 
you know, with our losties and, and what was going on with this core group that we're following. I should say for folks who haven't recently watched season two, episode one through season two, episode 15, where we are now in terms of Rousseau's storyline is Rousseau and Claire and Kate have gone on their little journey to help Claire jog her memory about what happened when she was taken by the others. And we see that Rousseau was actually instrumental in bringing Claire back to safety, back with our original Losties. So how do y'all feel about that? And how do you feel about Rousseau now in general? Yeah, I mean, my my opinion of her hasn't changed a great deal, to be fair. Um, you know, throughout that entire flashback sequence where we're again uncovering little bits of information i never really had suspected rousseau of um treating claire poorly like as she was envisioning um i never really bought into that so it wasn't much of a surprise when it was fully revealed that she was trying to help her um i do like the very dark aura she brings to things and the realism when she's like, if the baby's infected, I hope you know what you need to do. Um, <laughs> I I do like that aspect. And I think there's a lot of potential there for her to be a very interesting, you know, middle aspect between the survivors and, and the others. Um, you know, clearly I think she wants to help, but she's always going to keep her distance to a certain regard. So it, it does raise eyebrows in the moments where she does show up. That's for sure. I like Rousseau a lot more now, actually. Woo-hoo. I think I think she is anchored in the show in a way that she wasn't in season one for me. She was in season one, kind of the one piece that was a little bit more mystical and a little bit out there and the rest of it really felt built in character. And now that we have Rousseau as sort of this middle party between our losties and the others, she is someone who is was not on the plane, is not with our crew, but is decidedly not an other, is somewhere in between and is sort of mm-hmm. our bridge to them. Um, the last episode that Mike and I watched before recording, season two, episode 15, really worked for me. I really liked that episode. Um, and I liked the relationship between the three women and sort of seeing Rousseau's experiences as being really similar to that of Claire and that of, you know, some of the lost, some of our original losties um, compared to the others is has been good I think for giving her like a real spot in the show and in the ensemble another thing that Russo has done in these 15 episodes of season 2 is captured a man in a net by the name of Henry Gale and told Saeed bring Henry Gale back with you he's one of them he's one of the others Henry Gale insists others Uh, other what other what he really does the H-W-H-A-T pronunciation uh, what do y'all think of this Henry Gale from Minnesota? Do y'all trust him or are y'all team Rousseau? I have been waiting for him to show up because as Ooh. I discussed last time we recorded, I have these sort of ancillary memories of Lost um, mm-hmm. from being a kid and my parents watching it. And granted, I couldn't remember. Wait, sorry, Mike, can I cut you off? Yes, sure. Can can we have Priya answer first if you're working off ancillary memories? Because I don't want Priya to be colored by your knowledge of future events. So so I will 
under normal circumstances let you cut me off. But <laughs> that being said, the only ancillary memories I have of him are his face. I don't okay. really remember any key aspect to him. All right. Other than see. other than cut off failed. Yeah. Other than him, like I really just distinctly recall his face. I didn't even know his name. Like I, I think I said before, like every other character going in, I was like, that's Hurley, that's John Locke, that's that's John Locke, that's Jack. Like I could recognize them. Him, I don't know why, but he was just like this distinct character in my mind and he had this face, but I don't remember anything other than that. And I guess like the only significance behind me having that memory is that, you know, he probably will be a significant character moving forward. But I think, I mean, that's just an assumption to make purely based off of sort of his introduction. And, you know, he, why wouldn't he be if they introduced him in the way that they did? So that being said, no, I do not trust him. I think he's lying. Um, but I also don't. Even with all of the torture that Saeed is inflicting upon. Yes. Um, you would remember every shovelful that he buried. His no, I think it's well docu. I think with. it's well documented that torture does not is not an effective way of very getting true. I don't want to make this look like I'm yeah, team torture. Yeah, don't be pro torture. <laughs> um, that being said, I do think he's lying, but not in the way that they think he's lying. I I mm-hmm. believe him that he's not another. I don't think he's another. Um, but I also. I also don't think he's been on the island only four months and him and his wife crashed there. Like, I think I view him more of a Rousseau character who's been around. He's up to some mischief. I, I don't know what it is. In my theory, I'm putting it out there now, is I think he was purposefully captured. Because... Like, he wanted yes, to be captured. Yeah, because... Interesting. Again, and this is, I'm sort of connecting a lot of dots here, but I don't think he's only been on the island for four months. I think he knows his way around. And I think just like the others, they're very clever. Like an, an other is not going to be captured in one of those dink, rinky-dink traps that they set up. I think he was purposely captured so that he could infiltrate their camp, much like uh, the others did and how we saw Ethan infiltrate the camp. That being said, I don't think he's necessarily another. I just don't trust him or believe him. Do you think his wife is still alive? Does or he, do you think does, she's died? Does or he, do you think she doesn't exist? Does, does he even have I don't a, think there was a, wife? a wife? I, I didn't with. see a wedding ring. <laughs> Not that I was looking <laughs> oh, that wow. Maybe he buried the ring with the wife. Okay, sorry, Brite, what are your thoughts? I don't thoughts? think there's a wife. I found him quite believable until the closing scene of the episode where Saeed is torturing him and his face when we fade to black is just not trustworthy. It's a little bit creepy. It's a little menacing. There's something more going on. I agree with Mike. I think there's something more going on with him. I don't know whether he's an other or not, but I think at some point if he's not an other, we need to start asking questions about like why all of these different people are on this island and how they got there. I think what the one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way, this is going off of Henry Gale for a second, is when Jack and Locke and Sawyer find the others and they're um, face to face with the light them up man. 
literally like no questions about how long they've been here, what they're up to, what are they doing? Nothing. Not a single question. He just wants to punch him. That made no like no sense. Wait, who just wants to punch who? Sorry. I'm just Jack jump- just wants to punch the others. Jack and the like Jack's just mad and uh, our man of science has no Yeah. Question. I'm really starting to question to ask questions. Aren't they just like, this is our island. Give us your guns. Yeah. And then if someone said that to me, I would say, tell me more about that. It's <laughs> <laughs> the first thing they teach you in med school. Yeah. Jack is say, a bad doctor. Do you think I'm, Jack is a bad? Let's sorry. Quick Jack doctor check in with Dr. Marate. I think Jack is trying his best. If I was stranded on an island, I would not be able to do a lot of the things that Jack is doing. He's basically like not just a neurosurgeon, which he is by training, but he has to be like a family doctor. He has to be a pediatrician. He has to be all these things. I think it's getting to his head a little bit, but I I feel Mike has a conspiracy theory coming out. No, I I have a follow-up question for Dr. Marate. (laughs) Would you have... Can you look at this rash? (laughs) Would you have performed the surgery on the Italian guy? Ooh, so so uh, background information for what Mike is talking about. This is in a Jack flashback episode where Jack uh, has a little uh, has is forced to do an impossible surgery to a patient who is really sick and has a little bit of a romance with the dude's daughter. Uh, yes. He ends up. I so I'm so sorry. He ends up failing the surgery. Right? The the yeah. The, the man dies. dies. Yeah. He ha- he basically has the choice of the man is is terminal um and he could do the surgery and it'll probably kill him or the guy could like live out maybe like one year healthy and you know have his time and his daughter comes to find him because he's already done the miracle surgery on his wife claire from modern family (laughs) and yes i would say that i'm not really a hero ball kind of person he's jack's playing hero ball jack is you know, thinks of himself as a savior even before he got to the island. And so, you know, I think that there are legitimate circumstances in which with like complete informed consent, the family can say, yeah, we recognize he might die. I'm going to do it. The relationship he has with the daughter is totally unethical and wildly inappropriate. And for that to be a reason pushing him to do the surgery is not okay. I mean, Yes, he's it's unethical, but he also like married another former patient. Like Jack has been unethical up and down the board since the beginning. Yeah, fair enough. He's not got the best track record. No, I think I think him doing the surgery is actually very in line with the character that we see from him before and after um, they crashed on the island. And I think there's dad stuff wrapped up in that too. You know, like his dad wouldn't do it, but but he will, and he's trying to be different and better than his dad and all these different. And while we're on the subject of Jack, I just want to take a moment to question his leadership capabilities um, because he doesn't seem like he really has an idea of what exactly he wants to be doing and what role he wants to play, right? We saw that, I mean, really from the start in season one where you know people started to look to him sort of immediately because he was the doctor and you know he shied away from it he's like i don't want to be in charge i didn't sign up for this type of thing and and he did you know in a way become sort of a de facto leader and then you know you also have other type a personalities in the mix 
which really came to a head in season two um, between him and John Locke and Sawyer when we got to the issue of the army and the guns. And, you know, I between, obviously, like, John Locke is struggling a bit, especially we saw right at the end of that last episode when he really, you know, threw all the plates on the ground. But John Locke has this sense about him where he is kind of following his own path and he's just doing what he thinks is right and I don't think he envisions himself necessarily as like the shot caller and and making decisions on behalf of other people he's very like puts the ball into other people's courts sometimes well maybe like giving his thoughts and opinions and I'm not saying that's right but Jack needs to like make up his mind here because he's fighting with these other sort of type A personalities on the decision making, but he's not really staking his claim as the the tribe's leader, so to speak. And it's just creating many, many messy situations where there's too many voices in the room and it's really just leading to to utter chaos and I feel like really gonna come to a head with this whole army thing, wherever we stand with that. A lot of survivor language that you just used, right? Like there's no clear leader. You need to delineate a leader who's who's in charge of this tribe. I actually thought John Locke also had some, I felt like there were inconsistencies between mm-hmm. the more recent episodes and where he was last season. Like he seemed to be pro getting answers out of Henry Gale using whatever means necessary. And before he was more of the pacifist, like, why do we need guns? We shouldn't assume people have bad intentions, et cetera, et cetera. So that seemed a little bit off to me as well. I feel like they're both trying to figure out exactly where they fit right now as more and more mystery and more and more violence is starting to happen. Yeah, and John Locke also has, you know, that that key aspect of, the Dharma initiative and he's really the face of uncovering that where where Jack doesn't really seem to care as much about what exactly the the Dharma initiative is and I loved that we finally got just a little glimpse of the clock hitting zero what a great teaser that that was um and those symbols what do they mean my god so when that clock this is this is during the showdown right where uh, Jack is trying to protect Henry Gale, and he says, uh, the only way I'm going to... Yes, Locke needs to open the door. Yeah, Locke wants Jack to enter... Locke wants Jack to enter the numbers, and Jack's like, I'm not yeah. going to go do it. Open the combination, and I'll let you go enter the numbers. Yeah. What a great Really scene. good scene. I have to say, I am still, unfortunately, man of science here, and I think that Nothing's going to happen if we don't push the button. Ooh, interesting. So mm-hmm. you think those hieroglyphics are just fun? They're not, they don't seem fun, but I think that <laughs> I think somebody wants you to think that something's going to happen. I think, um, see, I, I think I was maybe leaning that way before. Now I'm definitely like something, something happens. Like there's too much weird shit going on, I think everything has a consequence on this island. And I I think the recent events and seeing 
like how established they are and and how they had this whole sort of hospital and like infected potentially Claire's baby um I I think there's some some greater experiment working here um but more than just like a game more than just like well let's see how long they can push the button for um but who knows hopefully we find out <laughs> i mean john locke is at this time very committed to pushing the button in his man of faith uh style when we recorded our season one podcast, both of y'all were very suspicious of John Locke. Uh, some quotes that I wrote down, Mike said he's evil, gives traitor kind of vibes. Uh, yeah. Mike literally thought he was an other infiltrating. No, you the thought no. he was related to Ethan or could be related I, to I, Ethan. I did think he could maybe be. You re- thought he got them on the island on purpose. Also that, but I, I still think you still it think- doesn't necessarily make him an other. Just like I, I don't think Henry Gale is another. Henry Gale's an other. Wait, sorry, I think if anything, I- maybe there's a connection between the two of them. Mike, do you between the two of who? John Locke and Henry Gale. Henry Gale so you still John think Hen- uh, you still think John Locke? was involved in the plane crashing and these people coming to the island. You know what? I've softened on that a bit. <laughs> season two, John Locke, I think, is more genuine than season one, John Locke. Um, I don't know. He's just, so like, too. not as, like, preachy about he's... the whole the whole destiny thing. Um, now he's more, like, philosophical John Locke, which I like this version of John Locke. But I do think... There's still, you know, and I think Jack recognizes this. I think you can only trust John Locke so much. I would not put pure faith into him. I think there's still plenty of potential for him to turn into a traitor one of these days um, and be behind some kind of greater scheme. Yeah, I think he's a bit pathetic, actually, this season so far. I feel like we're seeing that he's very driven by... Especially that last episode. Yeah, he's he's very driven by emotion. He's very... He really needs things to sort of go a certain way, and when they don't, he freaks out. And I think he's got a lot of insecurities. And so, like, when he's in a role of power and dominance, like, as... Claire's protector as the baby's protector I think he does really well and I do think he has a good heart and is a good person but we're sort of seeing these things come out I think like a man of faith is sort of based on this he's just clinging to hope to shreds of hope because he needs things to work out a certain way and I think that's really gonna start to come to a head with this Henry Gale stuff like that was very obvious and very easy for him to get under lock skin what Breathe is talking about is at the end of it was the most recent episode that this happens at the end of 215 yeah where uh, yeah henry and Locke are having a conversation about novels i guess dostoevsky had his virtues too he was a genius for one bullfighting isn't everything (laughs) so which one are you i'm sorry are you the genius or are you the guy who always feels like he's living in the shadow of the genius? I was... I was never very much into literary analysis. I just don't understand why you let the doctor call the shots. No one calls the shots. 
and then Locke leaves and smashes a bunch of plates in anger, which uh, maybe not the Locke. He just told you the walls are thin, so maybe not the best sign to then. Can I just say too plates. when when Jack asked Locke, John, what was up with the book? You know, and, and John just passed off as innocent, like, oh, you know, just thought I'd help him pass the time or whatever excuse he gave. Uh-huh. I thought there was going to be, like, some hollowed out pages in that book with, and he's, like, slipping him something. <laughs> traitor. He's a traitor. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, this is a topic change, but uh, Brita was just talking about Locke taking care of Claire's baby, so it does bring up the question of another man on the island who feels he is also Ugh. in charge. And Charlie's got to fucking baby. get it together. <laughs> My God, what a freakazoid. Tough look for Mary, am I right? Yeah, yeah really tough. What a fall He's from grace better, for that actually, character. A so in the episode <laughs> Fire Plus Water that both Priya and Mike have now seen, uh, Charlie is having these intense visions and hallucinations and believes that uh, Aaron, Claire's baby, needs to be baptized and essentially steals the baby uh, and freaks Claire out, obviously. And Charlie insists, I'm not I'm not going to hurt her, Claire. Or hurt him, Claire. And Claire's like, but you're hurting me, Charlie. You're hurting me. Mm, tough uh, one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, tough, tough look. He, he goes to Echo. He's like, Echo, back me up. Like, you said the baby needs to baptize. And Echo's like, not like this, bro. I'm yeah. not backing you up here. Which I still... Leave me out of this. And I, I God hope that... I hope that's going to come full circle and that's not just like something that we've moved on from because we haven't heard from Charlie now in a few episodes. I mean, obviously we're going to... What specifically do you want to come full circle? I mean, obviously we're going to see Charlie again, right? But like this insistence on why he needs a baptism and why he needs to be saved. I I I still think there needs to be something more to that other than just like she thought, you know, like now he's sick and then... You know, as of last episode, he's recovered and and that's it. And we're just moving on with the baby. Um, I hope that's not the case. I hope there's more actual meaning behind why he needs a baptism specifically. It It just seemed like a very odd thing to me. Do you think that Charlie was using again? I thought so. In that episode, I thought so. I thought there were a lot of things in there that wanted us mm-hmm. at least to think that he was using, um, including the vision that he has. It's very different from any of the other weird things we've seen on the island. Like when we everyone saw the polar bear, we know there was a polar bear on the island. Um, Kate saw a horse. She's the only one who saw mm-hmm. the horse, but the horse was at least depicted in a realistic way. Charlie's vision is Shannon saw Walt. Ch- Shannon saw Walt, but so did Saeed. Like other people have seen Walt. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlie's vision was very clearly something that was not actually happening. Like his mom and Claire are not there dressed as angels and pleading with him to save the baby. And so I thought the combination. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on now. You know, you're making me think back to season one. Remember when Jack kept so saw, seeing, seeing his, his dad? dad? Yeah. And then and then the whatever happened to the body. Right. That's what happened to Christian true. Shepherd. Never, we still don't yeah, know. We haven't come around on that. Did Christian Shepherd's body get reincarnated into Aaron? Oh god. <laughs> oh god. But I'm sorry, what so imagine. what were you but saying though? Like so his to, his vision yeah, is different. So, so I think that that episode really was trying to get us to think that he 
um, was using heroin again. Like all signs pointed that way. He's also having like the physiologic reactions, right? He's like sweating, he's jittery, his pupils are dilated, whatever. Mm -hmm. But um, he is very insistent that he's not. And I don't, I mean, I I don't know. You don't never believe a drug addict, right? But like, I don't know. They haven't come out clear and shown us yet. Yeah, I mean, I will say I think in typical loss fashion, odds are things are not as they appear to be and things are not – and the reality is not what the show wants you to think it is. Um, And he actually – he doesn't take Sawyer up on his offer to get more heroin from the closet. I mean, I'm going to lean like it's – I think a lot of it is based in trauma um, and he's having these traumatic – visions and and i mean you might even describe it i'm no medical professional but like some almost like to some degree of psychosis or something of that nature and we i think we also see a little bit mirrored with um claire where she has no memory of what happened to her and and now that is is starting to come back and i i do feel bad for charlie but i just find his character as of late to be so insufferable i like <laughs> i felt bad when Locke punched him but i was like you know what dude i also want to punch you so and it's <laughs> lock i love and it's Locke and it's not Charlie. only that was a really really yeah. good moment it was actually, a good yeah. punch yeah it was a good punch it was a good moment it was a little bit something that you didn't yeah. expect Locke to do and i loved it and it's like yeah in in a certain sense you know charlie is just delusional at this point but also, he's just, like, so annoying and, like, so whiny, like, the way that he, like, talks and carries on. He's like, wait, Claire, uh, I, I figured out what's wrong with Aaron. We have to do something. Uh, uh, Claire, no, believe me. Claire, please. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I, too, found Charlie really annoying. That, that audio is going to be brutal, by the way, me fucking <laughs> screaming, but it had to be Probably done. not as bad as my Claire impersonation. <laughs> but yeah. uh, It wasn't that bad. I mean, no worse than what's actually happening on the show. So. <laughs> I literally, when I was listening to a Lost podcast about Fire Plus Water, hearing the hallucinations and the sound of Aaron crying, I was like, I'm, I don't, I can't listen to this. And I just called Priya instead. I was like, I'm not listening to this podcast. <laughs> Um, I want to talk to y'all about Echo. Echo is a new character introduced, one of the tailies in the tail uh, in the back section of the plane. I really, really liked Echo. I think Echo's flashback episodes are very interesting, and he's shown to be a very intriguing fellow. I, I, I was instantly taken by Echo when he demands Charlie take him to the plane where he found all of the statues, knowing that that's tied to his past. He's like, Charlie's like, let me let me just tell Claire where I'm going. I don't want her to get the wrong idea. And Echo catches on to that, knowing that Charlie knows what's in these statues because he's like, what is the wrong idea? Where would Claire think you were going? Uh, so just he's constantly shown to be such a brilliant man. I think he's an interesting foil to John Locke uh, when we see him. But what are y'all's impressions of him? I mean, agreed wholeheartedly. Um quickly becoming one of my favorite characters um particularly as you know as the season goes on certain characters wane and certain characters grow and the introduction to you know or the uh, uh the reintegration of the plane now that we have all been reunited together has allowed certain characters to shine and i think he's shined the most um obviously like him and Ana lucia um 
and it's interesting because at the same time we're really seeing other characters fall into the foreground outside of just a few episodes like i I view um well i guess i can't say that about saeed because he just tortured henry gale but I, it's actually it's it's interesting like how the dynamics are changing and and I think it's great and yeah he is one of the most interesting characters by far especially the way that he carries himself you know like so intimidating but at the same time probably one of the most selfless people out there and his willingness to to help others. It's funny Shruti that you just asked us like what we thought of him and we haven't talked about him since last podcast because he feels like someone who is so well established and well rooted that it feels like he feels like someone that we've known for as long as all of the new characters to be honest like um i think Ana lucia mm-hmm. you know we did get some mm-hmm. of her backstory but she still feels a little bit like of a mystery to me and that's part of probably her character too mm-hmm. but echo is someone who um you feel for him as I feel for him as much as I feel for Saeed or Kate or some of these other characters that I really, really like and, and want the best for. And so I think, I think he's just really well written. He's really interesting. He's different from everyone else. And I think his flashback episode right away gave us um, such a deep and complete story of who he is um, and his relationship with his brother and the drugs and the plane that it was just very effective in setting him up. And I know like, you know, with loss, it's, there's always this idea of like making more of something than it really is, or trying to find the deeper meaning in things. And, and for echo, that's what I'm doing with his sort of, one-on-one with Henry and he cuts off the little portion of his beard. Um, And is it really just as simple as this moment where he is a spiritual man, um, I guess a, a, a priest technically. And is it really just as simple of like this moment where he needs to get something off of his chest and he's asking for, forgiveness to a certain extent or or do we think there's maybe something deeper to even like his his one-on-one with henry gallon is there more to come from that i think there's going to be but i don't know what it you know what that might entail that moment for me is just so deeply personal that it makes me think Again, I've seen the show, but when I'm I'm putting myself back in that time period, I watch that scene with Henry Gill and Mr. Echo, and I'm like, you cannot be this genuine with this person and have the person he's talking to not be another. Like, he's apologizing to him for killing two of his friends, and it's such a genuine Mm. apology. I'm almost like, how can you how can you foster that amount of genuineness to the point where he like is growing these two stubs of his beard as like penance for the two people that he killed, and he cuts them off in that moment thinking this is a symbolic to this man that he's talking to, how can that have such significance if it's just a random man that actually doesn't know the two people that Echo killed? I don't know. That was just it's just such a good scene that I was like, this this scene needs to have mm-hmm. significance. You know, it can't just be to some rando. Yeah, I think everything Echo touches is gold. I love him. Has that has that actor been in anything? I'm else? not sure. Don't look him up. <laughs> yeah, I won't, I won't. <laughs> I'll let you know. I'll look him up good later note. for you. Uh, let's good just note. 
I was ready to. I was ready to reach my. <laughs> my Let's quickly there. just hit on our other tailies. Uh, you know, we have Ana Lucia, we have Libby, we have Bernard. How how do y'all feel about? My God, <laughs> Ana Lucia is a fucking nutcase. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I love Bernard, by the way. I want more Bernard. Like, where has yeah. he been? Um, you know, him and what's his wife Sharon? Rose. Am I making no Sharon? Oh, Sharon is dead. Sharon Rose. Oh, who's who Shannon? Then? Also mean to um, you guys were a big Shannon fan. Smell your eyes. I combined I combined Shannon and Rose into Sharon. We wanted more from Shannon, and I'm sad she's gone. Shannon didn't deserve dying because the writers didn't know what to it's do. It's really with her. funny, That's actually. Not fair. They texted me like, "Fuck yeah, Shannon episode." Which, if you don't remember, <laughs> the Shannon episode is the episode she dies. The in. one and only Shannon episode. And so I screenshot it and sent it to. One of my favorite Lost fans, Laurel, I sent a screenshot to her and I said, should I tell her? And then, Priya, you didn't text me for the next couple of days. So I was like, what happened? She like paused the episode. So there's just like agony. Waiting I literally me. had to pause the episode. I think I like flew somewhere. I did not finish that episode until several days later. And then she was <laughs> dead and it was devastating. <laughs> the twins. Oh, there weren't twins. Sorry. They were just siblings. I agree. Anna Lucia. Oh, sorry. Do you want to finish talking about Shannon? I, I just want to say really quick that, you know, B- Boone and Shannon are e- quickly killed off of the show because the writers didn't know what to do with them. And I think at least the last podcast that I've been listening to, which is Cal Do- Down the Hatch, highly recommend if you're a spoiler listener because they go full spoilers. Uh, they talk about how Boone and Shannon are just really young. And so with all of these other characters, you have years and years to flash back into their lives, too, where like Boone and Shannon are like, what? 20 early 20s. Like, it's really hard to give them backstories like all Shannon's backstory can be is my dad cut me off and I'm trying to get this internship and you know, so there's just less to mind yeah. there. I mean, that being said though, you know, like her episode and her dying, like personally, I, I was not very moved by it. You know, like it wasn't to me, it wasn't a big character death and it was like, Oh wow. Didn't expect that. Or like what a loss. And I don't say that because Mike hates women. <laughs> I dislike Shannon. I say that because it felt like, they were really trying to force it down our throats with her flashbacks leading up to this death of like, look, Shannon has come full circle. Shannon has grown and now she's dead. And now it has meaning because we just showed you all about this shit in her past. And it also feels like a plot device just to sort of get Saeed to where he is now of having this degree of vengeance to him and and being pissed off and and distraught and so like to me it just felt a little lazy i think the way that they killed off shannon and it was also just like so i i guess i'm not expecting like a some crazy death but it was just like so unceremonious that it was just like oh mistake turn camera oh it was shannon she was hit and then it's you know i don't know it just it didn't work that well for me personally uh, sorry i we went on this tangent but we were talking about tailies previously uh i mean how do we feel about libby how do yes. we feel about i i want to know more about libby something's weird with libby and i can't wait to find out what she's the clinical psychologist yeah mm-hmm and yeah, Hurley's into her. There's like some weird moment that passes between them that makes me think that she's got something else going on. And we're going to find out. Um, Ana Lucia, I agree. A little bit unhinged, just a little bit unhinged. Um, 
We got Bernard. We love Bernard. Haven't seen him in a while. And Echo is the best. Um, we didn't get to say kind of on this topic of Ana Lucia, one of the worst lines in the history of television I was is, no, actually, <laughs> is how long would it take to train an army? Oh, let's talk about this. So this I is did at the not end like of uh, the Light em Up episode, right? When mm-hmm. Jack is confronted with all of the people uh, all the others who say this island is our island give us your guns and go away and jack goes to Ana lucia former police officer and says how long would it take to train an army not saeed Jarrah, former the actual, actual arm yeah <laughs> right also you have 30 people what army i don't understand yeah like what so what do you yeah. think happened with this army it's not happening. There are no guns. <laughs> Sawyer has all the guns, right? We haven't talked about Sawyer either and how he took all the guns because I don't know. So Because he wants to be hated. Sawyer in the Long Con episode, which I think the Long Con was an episode for me where I was like, this is great. Yeah, like I, mean, I was getting a little. That was like, a great episode. Not predictable. Lost was never predictable, but I felt like I was smarter than it. And then the Long Con mm-hmm. came along and I was like, nope. Nope. Yeah. Me. Nice try. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> Right, I don't. I don't actually think an army is being built. I don't think anyone's building an army, and I think it well, was the like army is integral, right? To, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the long con, Sawyer tells Kate, "Oh, Jack and Anna Lucia are trying to build an army, and they're going off and doing this. That it's integral to the con to get Kate to go and and try and get the guns or something like that." So. There's been a plot right. where the army has. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah. I, I do think, I don't know if they're really going to raise an army in the sense that they've talked about it, but I do think there's going to be some forthcoming need for more violence and a counter-offensive of sorts. So I, I do think... um you know they're definitely gonna get gonna have to put more guns into more people's hands and and somehow get them back from Sawyer. Um, but yeah, the whole going to her instead of Saeed doesn't make any sense. Also, quick sidebar on her: it's it's interesting to watch this show that was made in the two thousands and how they particularly like tackle her backstory of being rogue like a trigger happy cop and and i'm like i don't know in today's climate i'm like this would be a very different episode you know it's very very odd just watching it sort of with with that lens um yeah agree and i don't know i just i it's it's hard it's really hard to like try and understand her character i still think there's like so much more there that we're we're not seeing and it's also odd like how quickly jack has really cozied up to her all based off of like this drink they shared at the airport i think his cozying up to her is um directly happens at the, the exact same timeline that he realizes that Sawyer says he loves Kate and he realizes there's something going on with yeah. Kate and Sawyer. And so he's right. And he's dis- distancing himself, himself a new himself girlfriend. Yeah. He mm-hmm. needs to find another woman. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean, while we're on this topic, who do we see any coupling up coming up anytime soon? Any anyone telling the other that they love them? Anyone banging? Do what what do we who who what do we think is gonna happen? <laughs> It's Sexually. hard to bang. There's so much sand. I don't. I just don't think there's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be a huge aspect 
in the show. I think, yeah, I think something personally. will. I mean, just because I like, I don't think it worked that well with like Saeed and Shannon. Yeah, but that was also the it's weirdest like, couple to ever form. I think, yeah. I think that the stuff with um, Jack and Ana Lucia will continue to sort of smolder, and um, they're both sort of like trigger happy people, and so they have that to that sort of passion to bond over. And then I think the stuff with Sawyer and Kate will continue to kind of slowly develop. What about Hurley? Oh, I think we're going to find out something weird about Libby and it's going to be sad for Hurley, for sure. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think the most the most captivating is yeah. Sawyer and Kate, and I'm sure, like, I, I think that is going to be, like, on and off again for every season until this show ends. Like, it, they're going to be the Rachel and Ross of Friends, you know? So another plot point of season two is Michael trying to find Walt, where in the beginning of the season, he's, like, trying to find Walt. And then in the Hunting Party episode, which y'all both watched, right, uh, Michael runs off to find his son. He's like, nobody's helping me. And that's that's where we've left Michael. We haven't seen Michael in a minute, where do y'all think he is? Do you think he's going to be successful in finding Walt? Or what are the next steps here? I think he's lost in the jungle. I don't think. Mm. Uh, or or he's dead. But I think that that would narratively have been a bigger moment. Um, I think if he found the others, he's dead. And if he hasn't found the others and he's just lost in the jungle. Um, or maybe he stumbled upon like more Henry Gales and they're actually building an army. That's a possibility. Um, I would like to, after we hear Mike's thoughts on Michael, I would love to talk about what they're doing with the children. Yeah. I, th- I think Michael is, it's interesting because when they do meet the others for the first time and he lights them up with the torches, doesn't the guy say something of, he like he kn- he knows Michael is he sort of hints at like already having ran into Michael or they know that Michael is out there. So I'm gonna oh I don't remember that. I'm gonna say Michael is being held captive currently. Mm. I think he's being held captive by the others. Um, I don't think they would just kill him. I I feel like they are are gonna find some utility out of him. And I, I'm sure mm-hmm. we'll see Michael again, right? They're not he's too big of a character to just be like, Oh, Michael went missing and he never came back. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> That being said, I'm gonna put it out there. I think Walt comes back first. I don't think they come back together. Somehow I think Ooh. Walt comes back first and then he's like, You gotta go get my dad or some shit like that. Um <laughs> Nobody's looking for my dad. And then he starts going. Yeah. Yeah. Just complete 180. But yeah. What are they doing with these kids? Are they experimenting? I think they're experimenting. Maybe they're building an army. Like a child army. I don't really know. I mean. It's interesting because we got to meet Alex. Russo's Alex. And she was a person who was taken as a child. And has sort of grown up with the others. And. As far as we could tell from those flashbacks, she's fine. Like, she hasn't been indoctrinated. She seemed normal. She's not sick. Like, I, I am genuinely curious. I think I think you're right that they are doing some sort of experimentation, like disease, whatever. I'm not really sure. We haven't learned a lot about this sickness either. But um, maybe all the others are 
unable to have children and that's, and that's how because they, of the disease yeah. and that's why they got to keep that's how they're repopulating them. that's definitely possible yeah that's definitely possible but it's just interesting that like their indoctrination hadn't worked on alex over however many 16 yeah. years like maybe this is some maybe the dharma initiative is some kind of like eugenics experiment mm, yikes yeah big yikes, yikes. all right any other questions we haven't hit on? I'm honestly just excited to watch season two, episode 16, finally. <laughs> I'm going to turn it on like yeah, right now. I was like so upset that I had to stop. <laughs> well, I'll let you guys go off and watch the next episode so you can rush off to the spoiler section. Uh, now let's really quickly break to me and James discussing some of the more spoilery stuff that goes past season two, episode 15 uh, on Lost. James, thank you so much for joining us on the spoiler side of this Lost conversation. I'm so pumped to discuss all of Mike and Priya's thoughts with you. But before we dive into their journey with Lost, I want to hear more about your journey on Lost, how you first started it, uh, your experience consuming it the first time, and on rewatch. Give us the whole spiel. Oh, man. I don't know if we have time. Uh, Thank you so much (laughs) for having me. Uh, My Lost journey began in 2006. Um, I had like just started using my own iTunes account and was like prowling the iTunes store for like anything like free just for the rush of downloading something, (laughs) you know? And can you, if you feel comfortable, can you say how old you were in 2006? Oh yeah, it was 2006. So I would have been 12. Okay, cool. Just I want people to hear it because some people were 30 in 2006. Oh, sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I was 12 years old. I had just started the sixth grade. Amazing. (laughs) And uh, I came across a and this is this is like I don't I don't like telling people this because like I, I like I'm usually like people consider me like the biggest lost fan they know. You know, uh-huh. and I consider myself that too. But like, <laughs> I the first episode of Lost I ever consumed was a recap of the first two and a half seasons. No, wait, how? <laughs> it was just like they played it on ABC. So yeah, they used to play on ABC like after at the beginning of each season, uh, be at the beginning of each like mid season. And the mm-hmm. episode before the season finale. Oh my god! They would do a recap episode. Um, this one was narrated by Kyle MacLachlan. Wait, it was narrated? <laughs> was it like literally saying, and then Jack and went to go do this? Or like, how did it work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, it was called The Lost Survivor Guide. Wait, I want to um, see these. <laughs> oh, dude. It's great, honestly. Yeah. Like, it got, I mean, like, it got me to watch the show. <laughs> like, it, and it was probably necessary in those days where you couldn't easily just go watch them on Hulu so you could catch up to the new episodes. Right. So, like, you know, as a result of watching it. So, like, yeah, it's like Kyle McLaughlin recapping, like, the first two and a half seasons. Because it was in the, the mid-season break of season three that this Oh, dropped. wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I watched it. 
it I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what is this? This looks amazing. And then I immediately rode my bike to Blockbuster and rented the, <laughs> really the first dating. season. I know, I know. <laughs> so I blew through, I watched the first two seasons on DVD from Blockbuster. Thank you, Blockbuster. Shout out. <laughs> yeah, dude. And then um, the first half of season three was on uh, ABC.com. That's amazing. I mean, I honestly, I watched Lost for the first time in 2019, as you know, along with The Storm, the Lost Rewatch podcast, which fun fact about James and my relationship is, James, you also listen to that podcast, right? I do. However, James and I didn't know each other back then. So the first time we met, James said, wait, I think I might have heard some of your emails. (laughs) Because I would write into this Lost podcast and it was mortifying to meet a new friend who has heard all of my Lost thoughts and theories that I just emailed into this podcast. But it was really fun to meet somebody in the wild also. I honestly, like, same. I never thought that was something that I would Mm -hmm. experience in my life. (laughs) Yeah, hearing somebody that wrote into the same podcast Right, like, (laughs) so random. (laughs) Um. But even as watching in 2019, because we would – so that podcast was like a group of people were watching it for the first time through the podcast Patreon. A lot of times we would sync up and watch it together, but I didn't have Hulu without ads. So if I watched it alone, I would, wouldn't be synced up with everyone. So I borrowed the DVDs from the library <laughs> so I could be synced up with everyone. Except – and it got a little complicated because DVD and Hulu, sometimes they have different editions Switch like in the season four finale – this is the spoiler section, so I can say it. The part where Sawyer jumps off the helicopter is like the end of one act, but in the in an on the Hulu version, Sawyer jumps out of the helicopter first, and then the end of the act is something else. So everyone was watching Sawyer jump out of the helicopter while I was, uh, I was watching something pretty casual, and everyone was like, "Ah, Sawyer!" and crying over him. And I was like, "I have no idea what's going on." That's but, so weird, right? They Why like, would they reorder different scenes? I think it might be because of. Like, especially with finales, there are three-part finales. They probably did ads weird and stuff like that. And so when they take out the ads, they might squish them into one. I don't really know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess with that episode, like, with all the, like, you know, part one, part two, they air on the same night. So, like, I guess that, like, they don't think – like, they don't – when they air the same night, it's not really two episodes. (laughs) It's just one long episode. Exactly. Well, here's the weird thing, and I'm – confirming this as i say it because i don't want to be wrong but i believe hold on yes this is the craziest thing you can watch the seasons on hulu the season finale the series finale so in season six season six episode 17 is the end part one season six episode 18 is the end part two and then they also release season six episode 19 the end uncut finale that merges them together the way they were originally screened and that's how i watched it because i watched the finale synced up with these podcast people and we wanted to make sure we weren't on, like, weird different breaks or anything like that. No, yeah. And the other thing with that, too, is I remember there was this whole controversy back when uh, whenever Lost first got added to Hulu was mm-hmm. that that, uh, like, so if you just watch part one, part two, there are full scenes and sequences missing. Wait, really? Yes. Oh, my God. It wow. is an edited version of the episode. That is That's why. They have they the, uncut the uncut version. version. Yeah. Wow. Well, see, I was sitting here being like, I wish we had two parts because we, I, we did a huge thing for the Lost finale. So I was obviously drinking and I had to pee and there were no pauses. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, why are we watching it in two episodes with a pee break? But anyway, Killers of the Flower Moon, I digress. <laughs> Let's jump into uh, 
Priya and Mike's thoughts and theories about Lost. Um, I mean, I want to really talk to you about Locke before we talk about anything else because Priya and Mike do not like Locke. They think he's a villain. And I, oh my gosh, wait, first I need to tell you something and I need to tell everyone else something. Devastating news about what Mike has been spoiled on. Mike texted me on Saturday morning saying he got spoiled on Lost. I said, what was it? And he said, it was a podcast asking what's the best example of someone bringing back a character from the dead and they responded lost even though that wasn't actually Locke or something like that and I was like oh shit that's a huge spoiler but I think now Mike has it in his head and Mike has it in his head from like having had Lost on in the background just like being a person in 2023 that like there is some bad connotation with Locke. Priya's Priya's evaluation of Locke, I think, is really, really interesting in that she just thinks he's just like... She used the word pathetic, this recording, which actually made me really sad, but she was basically like, he has all of this blind faith, and she's very sure that if you stop pushing the button, nothing is going to happen. So she's like, Locke is just pathetic, but I don't know, how do you feel about all of these opinions that they're having? The sad thing is that Locke... I mean, Locke is my favorite character. I love Locke. But he is pathetic. Mm-hmm. It's unfortunate. Yeah. I mean, his the end of his life is so unbelievably Yes. Sad. And I think that especially in season two, like he's mm-hmm. in his lowest point be up until like season five, you know? Yeah. Like <laughs> he's having a rough go in season two. And you have Henry coming in here, Ben, and it's like <laughs> Ben sees him so clearly and is able to just yeah. like completely just tear him apart in a way that he doesn't even realize he's being torn apart and i think that the thing that's even more devastating for Locke is that ben is probably the single person who has paid the most attention to him in his life that's true i never thought about it that way like really like no one has thought about john Locke more than Ben. Maybe Richard Alpert. <laughs> I don't know. But like for Richard at least even for Richard, like that's more of like that was mysterious that this bald guy showed yeah. up. Whereas like Ben understands Locke, like yeah. deeply. And that's what... And he put thought into how do I manipulate this guy. It didn't probably take much thought, but he thought about it. And like Ben is like, you know, like the latest in a pattern of people who have done that to him. Mm-hmm. You know? But, like, Ben is the worst offender of it. (laughs) I mean, I thought it was hilarious that Mike thought Locke might be smuggling some kind. Like, he thought he hollowed out the book he gave Ben, and he's smuggling him materials. I was like, wow, you really think Locke and Ben are allied? Wait till you find out. That's so interesting. I always love hearing people's, like, fresh takes. (laughs) Another thing that I think is funny before we move off of this Locke talk is... And when we recorded the season one podcast, uh, Mike had this theory that, like, Locke has been on the island before. He, like, crashed with them, but he was intentionally bringing all of these people to the island. And we had a listener and friend of mine named Laurel who texted me and said, in a way, he's not wrong because he did bring all the people to the island, just not Oceanic Flight A15. They all go to the island for him on a Jira. And I was like, damn, that is a deep and meaningful point to make. So, like, at the end of the day, John Locke does bring them all to the island, just... Not while breathing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Locke. I... <laughs> R.I.P. I'm grieving him already. I know. Like, honestly, I and like this is semi-related. Like, I feel like 
Jack in season two is like my favorite Jack has ever been. Like he's I think just the least insufferable. <laughs> he is the least insufferable. He's in not demanding two. to do his own surgery, so that's pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's the lowest bar when he's like, "I'm gonna be awake and do my own surgery." <laughs> but I really love, I really like, cause I really love this Jack Locke dynamic that's happening mm-hmm. because like Jack is just like so over it and over yeah. Locke, especially. <laughs> <laughs> like, have we gotten to the point yet where like? Oh yeah, that would have been in one of them. Where like when they're trying to get when Jack threatens Locke and says, "I'm not pushing the code until you let me into the cell." <laughs> not even that. Even like earlier when like Saeed is locked in there with Henry and Locke is trying to like say something like so philosophical and so Locke, <laughs> and Jack's just like, yes. "Shut up." <laughs> it's so true. You're right. That's my favorite Jack moment of maybe the whole well, show. And, and then I feel like that's what makes Locke. Um, disarm his defenses when Henry's like, I'll engage with you on a philosophical book discussion. Exactly. And then, and then he gets one up by being like, so are you the genius or not? And Locke is like, God damn it. <laughs> Got one up again. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about love. Uh, I When I originally watched Lost, I was a embarrassing Kate Sawyer stan. I was like, woo woo for them from day one mainly because I hated Jack and I was rooting for Jack's misery but also because they paint them like in season if you see early season two when like Sawyer is injured from the raft and Kate like sweet talks him into getting him to take his pill she's like I just need you to do this for me just do like what her magic whispering in the ear technique gets him to wake up and take the pill but they really really see it heavy on and I'm kind of trying to see where they think it's going and they're like ah Kate and Kate and Shannon or Kate and Shannon, Kate and Sawyer are just going to be on and off again until the end of the series, which isn't really true. And then I think their whole thing was like, oh, Shannon and Saeed was so short that like they don't feel any motivation to put, I guess, ship start shipping people. <laughs> you know, they're like, oh, this isn't that kind of show, which it isn't. You know, there's minimal sex and relationships on the show, but I dis- I disagree. You don't think it's minimal? <laughs> oh my god. I think I'm just I don't want to sound like um, what is it called? I don't I don't know the word, but I I think they could have had more sex. No, no, no. I mean, I agree with that. I mean, as far as like the shipping was like such a huge, huge conversation topic while the show was airing. Well, Skate and Jate, right? (laughs) Yeah. But then we would like, you know, like there were like podcasts that I was involved with at the time. And like we would talk about Mm -hmm. like like there's like moments early in season four where like Kate and Daniel Faraday have like weird chemistry. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So we would like. I shipped Kate with the most. (laughs) This is going to sound so bad, but I will admit to this on a podcast. I really wanted Kate to sleep with Henry's dad. <laughs> when they flash back, because how great would it be like, Ben, I fucked your dad. <laughs> Honestly, because you're right. They do have chemistry. Like, they should. Right? There's like some weird like, stuff going Like, she's like, you on. know. It's but like- I. I think honestly, it's at the end of the day, Evangeline Lily will have chemistry with a brick. <laughs> like she's just a very attractive person. My 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 number one Kate ship, like I from early early on, and the show really gets away from this. But like, I feel like in the first like seven or so episodes of season one, they are really seeding Kate and Saeed. Oh, interesting. How so? They are they are like on adventures together. Yeah, and they they are like. 
intellectually comparable. Yeah. They are making plans together. They are on the same page. They have like each arms. other. They have it. They're both hot. I'm hot. <laughs> you're hot. It's what people do. See, it's- <laughs> I always wanted Saeed and Rousseau to get together, but they just had like I don't know. They had a they oh, ever since she captured him and tied him up. You know, they had a bit of an understanding and connection that you don't really see elsewhere. But no, it's true. Just with the shipping, like I think that like the thing about like Jack versus Sawyer, and like I feel like this is a thing in like all like love triangles like this where like jack is the worst in all things because he's like the quote-unquote nice one but that means he like doesn't allow her to have any autonomy and like has to control her (laughs) whereas like sawyer just lets her kind of be a person and they're equals like and that's the appeal of kate and sawyer in general well also listen I understand Julia and Sawyer get together in the afterlife. Like, I get it. I've let it go. Julia is also amazing, and she I love her smile. My lock screen for a very long time was literally Julia in the afterlife meeting Sawyer, so I'm, I'm not trying to take anything away from them. However, in Juliet's last day of life, <laughs> she sees, and, and this is, we're getting into the season five finale now, when, there, I, is it Rose is talking about, like, when you find somebody you really love, you just want to stay with them, and Juliet sees Sawyer look at Kate, like, there is always something between them, and there was to that moment, and she died <sighs> thinking that Sawyer's one person was Kate, which is kind of sad, but then she met <sighs> Sawyer in the afterlife. <laughs> uh, I mean, like... You're right, <laughs> but like, <laughs> you're right that she felt that way. Yeah, but I but she was wrong. Yeah, she was wrong. He, loves, was her. Wrong. Yeah, he, he right. loves her. But that's what like, makes it the most devastating is that she still died thinking that. But and we'll talk about I that know. when we get to season well, five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not to get ahead of ourselves, but yeah, I I could never get on board for Kate and for Kate and Jack. Period. Sad that Priya said, "quote." I think we're going to find out something weird about Libby and it's going to be sad for Hurley, which is kind of true. It's kind of true. But I don't think Hurley ever finds out that thing about Libby. The the thing about Libby that he finds out is that she got shot in the stomach and that is sad for Hurley and also sad for Libby. Not to make Libby's death about the man that liked her. (laughs) That is exactly what I was going to say. I cannot wait for them to watch Two for the Road. I think Priya's going to scream. It is, like, I feel like it's, like, underrated as far as, like, a shocking episode of television. Yeah. Like, an- Well, that's honestly why we had to split this season into two parts and watch so many episodes up front because so much happens in the back end that will, our, our season two finale podcast will be a couple hours. Yeah. Not really. But, you know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, they haven't really been thinking much about Michael. They think Michael's captured somewhere. That Mike, 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 podcast co-host Mike, not Michael. Mike uh, thinks that Michael is captured right now and that Walt is going to come back and say, you got to come help me find my dad, which I would have loved to see. But sadly, Walt was too tall. Neither of them have mentioned, oh, it's probably because Walt went through puberty on the podcast, at least. Wait, what do you mean? Like, they haven't thought, oh, well, it's probably gone because the actor grew up. (laughs) Oh. Well, because, like, I think the show is really good at, like, locking you into this timeline of, like, every episode is roughly one day of real time. Yeah. You know? And also... they they're on the nose they think th- this isn't correctly completely correct but they say you know maybe they're trying to get these kids because they're unable to have children 
they think it's because of the disease or the sickness, which isn't necessarily true, but they're on the right track. So they have all of the reasons for why they would want Walt to not think about puberty. Yeah. No, absolutely. And like the Walt stuff is like, it's so interesting. Like, cause there is like a lot of like really good, like you, did you watch the, the epilogue? Yes. The new man in charge, right? Yeah. 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 So, like, you know, I'm glad that they did tie off, like, the Walt situation to yeah. some degree. <laughs> I mean, if you think about Walt's story and Michael's story, like, those are also really, really sad stories when you think about their whole life, or Michael's whole life in relation to Walt is oh my God, unbelievably yeah. sad. Like, I'm not looking forward to discussing that in season four, because that's so sad that that's, that's the fate that he resorts to. But. No, Michael gets maybe the rawest deal in the show outside of Saeed. Yeah. Oh, God, they do Saeed so dirty, too. Oh, you know who gets done the most dirty? Gian, Sun and Jin's daughter. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Although she probably still gets all that Oceanic settlement money, so. <laughs> yeah, she's going to be just fine, honestly. <laughs> and her parents were already rich. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right, well... <laughs> like- those are all the notes that I had taken for us to touch on. Do you want? Do you have any other lost thoughts or theories? The thing about season two that I think really makes it like the most like I I, I kind of consider it like so different from the rest of the show, and that it is just like has this such a clearly delineated season arc, you know, and like I always kind of felt like season two is like kind of forgotten about when I would like think back on the show, but I don't, but like in retrospect, I honestly feel like getting into like seasons four and five, it really is like making a lot of like taking strains to like tie the show back to the ideas from season two. Cause like when you were like, when you've got like lock and Jack at the, at the orchid station and like, we're following up on like, like, yeah, we're following up on the conversation from Exodus, but like, we're also following up on every conversation through season two. Because, like, the this is, like, the entire basis, really, of, like, the breakdown of Jack and Locke's relationship. And that does carry through to the end. Yeah. Even without Locke. Even without Locke. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, James. Well, thank you so much for doing this. We can't wait to continue to break down Lost Spoilers with you. In the meantime, most people, when we end this podcast, throw out their socials or their letterbox or whatever people can follow you on. Is there any place you want people to follow you? You also don't need to if you don't want people following you. <laughs> I'm uh, Follow my letterbox. I'm Prince Squeak okay, nice. on Letterboxd. Prince Squeak. Great reviews. Can <laughs> highly recommend. Great letterbox follow. Okay, great. I will now throw it back to Priyan Mike as we close out the show. All right. That is it for this week's Arliss session of The Lost Podcast. We'll be back soon with Mike and Priya to break down all of season two, and we'll give you an update on when that podcast will be coming out once we get a track of Priya and Mike's watch schedule. But in the meantime, Brita, do you want to tell folks where they can find you if they're interested in tracking more of your thoughts? You can just share your Goodreads if you want. Sure. Um, I'm at Priya Marate on X (laughs) or Twitter. I am... At P. Marate on Letterboxd, which I'm trying to use a little bit more. And you can follow me on Goodreads at Priya Marate, which we're in the tail end of the year and gotta gotta get reading those books to meet our reading challenge. You're gonna have to lock yourself into the hatch and just only read. Just love. read, read, read. Join Henry Gill and make a little book club. That's right. You can follow me on Letterboxd at M. Riccardi. And you can follow me on Twitter 
as long as you promise not to retweet lost spoilers because it's a dangerous place. Um, and you can follow me at Mike underscore Riccardi. Um, I've been losing followers lately. I don't know why. I need more. And I think I'm pretty entertaining. So It's probably just because people are quitting. Probably. Twitter, yeah. yeah. But I'm sad about it. Uh, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Micromorante. I don't mind losing followers, though. Uh, and you can follow me on Letterboxd. I'm at Truthy Morante on Letterboxd, but I'm going to change that because I don't like that. It's my full name. So TBD. Maybe I'll be Micromorante soon. i got to upgrade to Pro to change my username. Anyway, and then you can follow our show on Twitter and Letterboxd and Instagram on all three of those. We are at Chaos in the Set. And then we have an email, too, that you can email thoughts to. Or, we, you know, we got we got some emails of folks wanting to come on the pod. But we're, cur- we're curious to have y'all involved in any way, shape, or form. Please email us your thoughts at chaosonthesset at gmail.com. Anything about Lost Season 2. We're going to be covering the Marvels next week. So any Marvel or MCU stuff. We want all of those thoughts and theories. Again, send them to us at chaosonthesetpod at gmail.com.